Hi, welcome back to Undeveloped Polaroids. This is episode two, where I'll be reading the short story, Violet and Plato. This story is gonna switch between points of view. So sometimes we'll be in Violet's point of view and sometimes we'll be in Plato's point of view. But I will let you know when we switch. So, Violet and Plato. Let's start with Violet. I held the sketch pad up to get a better view of the dimensions for my drawing of a roof. Night settled into Regent's Park and I sketched under a motion-activated lamppost. It looks shit. The titan in the corner of the page had better proportions. I squinted, hoping this would make the tiles less wonky. It didn't. I flung the sketch pad on the bench. My first interview at the Institute of Architects had gone well enough that they asked me back, which excited me. They also wanted redrafts of my designs, which annoyed me. It took weeks of edits, four multi-pack boxes of cup ramen, and a stress rash on my chest to get the portfolio to where it was. I want more, the man with the pierced uni brow interviewing me had said. Okay. I leaned forward and nodded, staring at his piercing. Stop it staring at his nose. It was oily. Sorry, more what exactly? He drummed his fingers on the desk and furrowed his eyebrow. Just more, you know? More everything. You can do that, right? The light from the lamppost went out. Fuck this. I waved my arms and it came back on. You look crazy. I snatched the sketch pad back and examined the page. The titan grinned. I erased the corner of his mouth and drew it wider so that his grin took up the bottom half of his face. It looked creepier that way. The light went out again. I eyed the lamppost up and down. Time to go home. My dad would be waiting and there was still time for a cup ramen before bed. Plato. I sped down the side roads on my customized black and gold bike, past all the side men and the side shops. My girlfriend had taken the evening off so we could have dinner together. She'd cook blue cheese lasagna. I needed to stop at the jewellers and pick up her ring. Red traffic lights. Weeks of research meant I could go on about the differences between carrots and stones and why girls cared so much. I found one that suited her two weeks ago and hadn't found anything better since. A small dainty thing for a small dainty lady. But high in carrots. Green lights. I pushed off and my stomach growled. I pictured dinner as I rounded a corner. Me and blue cheese go way back. Blue cheese on chips, blue cheese on toast, blue cheese on blue cheese, blue car door. I flew off the bike, bounced once and skidded on the ground. I stared at the sky and hoped the numbness only came from shock. Damn. Finger check. Each one flexed. God is good. I rolled over and saw a dent in the blue car door. My shade sat a few inches away and my bike lay further behind them. The bike looked like it was in one piece, but I needed to check. The wheels alone cost me a week's paycheck. I sat up. Tan boots clip-clopped towards me. Of course the driver's a woman. I held my spinning head in both hands and tried to focus on my trainers to make it stop. Should have worn a helmet. Always wear a helmet. My back ached. Are you okay? She asked, hovering above me. I raised my head and looked into the woman's face. Wrinkled, white and frowning. She reached out as though to help me up then thought better of it, bitch. I said, are you okay? She repeated, enunciating each syllable and crouching down next to me. It's just, you broke my car door? I bent my knees and moved my feet. 
Everything seemed to be working. It's a dent, I said, clenching and unclenching my fists. They were fine. You'll get over it. The woman tutted and straightened herself up, flicking her blonde fringe back. I'm going to call my insurance company. She teetered back to her car, pulling out her phone and taking photos of the door, apparently forgetting she'd hit me and I was still on the ground. I felt dizzy again and fantasized about breaking the heels off her shoes, but it would only make me more late for dinner. I picked my shades and myself up off the ground, one body part at a time. My back kept me slightly hunched over. The shades were fine, a bit scratched, but fine. I put them on. Her insurance company won't give her shit. I lifted my bike up and tested the pedals. The smooth spin meant no need for an Uber after all. Satisfied, I hopped on and cycled off, ignoring her screams at me to come back and the pain that started up in my knee. Violet. Hey, Rita, remember when I was a kid, you said I couldn't dye my hair? I sat on my bed, brushing colour onto my dad's cheeks. We were on first name terms because he believed it promoted a safer space between us. It made me feel more grown up. And cooler. When I did it anyway, you made me keep it purple for a month. All the way up to the hairline, baby, you know that. He lowered his head so I could reach easier. He taught me to be meticulous and I kept making mistakes with his makeup. Embarrassed, I tightened my ponytail and lengthened my brush strokes. He'd visited for three days and was leaving tonight to fly back home, so I convinced him to take me to dinner in drag. Only because I'm performing a show when I get back, he said, sorting through a pouch of false lashes, and I don't want to change on the plane. The ladies get jealous when their men stare. I wanted his confidence. I put the blusher to one side, picked up a glittery highlighter and ran it over his cheekbones. Up to the hairline. Everything about Rater had its own personality, from his crocodile skin gloves to his straight silver threaded hair that fell uninterrupted to his thighs. To me, he looked like a drawing of a woman. I imagined he could be framed in a gallery. I blended the highlighter in with my pinky finger. His eyes were my favorite, irises and shades of honey and thin pupils. He inherited them from his late mother and I wished I'd inherited them too. How's your portfolio coming along? Raider asked, checking his cheeks in my hand mirror. I tapped the excess glitter onto my cupid's bow. Great! Awful. I started packing away the powders and tape. So great! And Plato's been helping, it's really coming together! I took an electric pink lipstick and laid it over my lips. It didn't suit me. Line them fast, Vi, he said, leaning back on his elbows. He studied me. I felt exposed and layered more lipstick. What's wrong? Nothing. Everything's on track. Reworking my designs was taking a lot of time. I spent my days off with Plato, looking for inspiration out of windows and skyline restaurants, talking about ourselves over bagels and beer and walking the city like it was going to disappear. I spent the evening sketching, trying to find spirits I could handle and watching horror films. Whiskey's a bitch. Sometimes Plato stayed the night and ordered blue cheese calzones. Sometimes it rained. And those days I didn't talk much. I recapped the lipstick. Good. Rater stood up. We fly to Osaka in two weeks. He reached for his long maroon coat hanging on Betty, my coat stand. Grandmother's funeral. We'll spend a few days there. I felt my matcha tea threaten to come back up. No way, Rater. No. I tossed his makeup bag aside. I'll pay you back for the ticket. I can't go. I have my second interview next month. You'll be back before then. He cinched the waist on his coat. No, Dad, you don't get it. 
I started talking fast and loud. That only gives me two weeks to recreate, then redraft your work before we leave. You can do it, you're good. A bit distracted recently, but sort that out and you'll be fine, said Rater, reaching for his flowered headpiece on my vanity table. I stared at him. I could feel my cheeks getting hotter. I swear my rash was starting up again. It wasn't. Of course I'm a bit distracted. Do you know how stressful this? You're not missing your grandmother's funeral. He sat the flower crown flush on his head. The pink, purple and green stood out against the silver of his hair. Not for anything. Grandmother used to eat rice for breakfast, drank green tea out of its traditional Kyushu teapot and blamed her illnesses on Rita's drag persona. She overlooked me for being only half Japanese and stopped talking to me when I chose art over science. She didn't even like me, I said a bit too loud. You shouted. Okay, I shouted. I regretted it straight away, but decided to stick with it. I stood up and folded my arms. She hated you. Rater tilted his head to the side and stared. Too far. I'd gone too far. Just own it. I kept my arms folded and pushed my chin further out. His pupils looked thinner by the second. I'll forward you the flight details. He tugged on his belt one more time. I'm going to wait for you in the taxi. Bring my luggage. Fuck. I breathed as he left. Plato. Too chunky. Too funky. Too yellow. Who would wear a chain that thin? I'd spent a lot of time on Bryson's Jewelry's website, but this was my first visit to their store. They kept more sofas than staff members and hung a chandelier the size of my bathroom over the center of the room. I tucked my shades into my shirt. Can I help you, sir? An old shop assistant asked, eyeing me from across the display like I was a cubic zirconia trying to pass off as the real thing. He had a straight back and a bumpy nose that sort of flicked up at the end, so I couldn't tell if he was being racist or if someone broke his nose because he used to be racist. I'm looking for a ring. I straightened my own back and replied as whitely as I could. There are many types of rings, sir. He drew out slowly, keeping a stiff upper lip and placing both hands on either side of the glass display. Are you aware of your budget? Anything in particular? For anyone in particular? Do you have a budget? I became conscious of the rip in my trainers and my patchy stubble. I should have checked for dirt on my clothes after the fall. I bit my inner cheeks. Allow this guy. Listen, G, I'd be looking for bling for my woman, you know. She gotta have that 24 carat shit so I can lock down that ride. You get me? The old man blinked. His eyes darted to the security by the door and back. For fuck's sake. Look, I want an engagement ring. Simple 18 karat gold, three stones. I've already picked it out. Yes, I know exactly how much I'll be spending. And yes, I'll have a glass of the complimentary champagne you weren't going to offer me. He blinked again. His lip twitched. I wondered if he was going to kick me out. I waited. I didn't even like champagne. I could have just left, ordered the ring online, paid for track shipping. Very well, sir. His hands came away from either side of the glass case. Show me the ring you want and I'll transact it. Dickhead. Violet. Hit and run last night, said Albert, nodding to his broadsheet. I weakened his coffee without milk. Even the old people were drinking it. They were both catching Pokemon, apparently. I'm sure they'll be fine. I reassured him, not listening and stealing a glance at my phone. Thursday afternoons meant a slow shift at Ruby Tuesday's diner. Fifteen minutes until I could leave. 
Albert came in twice a week, ordered sausages, made up the answers to the crosswords, and tried to fit phone numbers into the Sudoku. Is Pokemon what kids are calling the old Duncan suck? I tensed my shoulders and stared at the ceiling, hoping he meant something different to what I pictured. Do you enjoy Pokemon, Violet? I shuddered and turned. I have to go over there now, I said, motioning to behind the counter. I slipped away before he could ask any more questions and decided to rearrange the straws by colour. That would kill two minutes and take me down to thirteen. I put the oat milk in the fridge and reached for the cup of straws, mixed them up, then started sorting them. Hey. I looked up, grinned, and caught myself. Be cool. Hey, why are you here? To see you, Plato said, wincing as he took a seat on the opposite side of the counter. He squeezed my hand. And get a free milkshake. You finish in ten minutes, right? I nodded. Stop smiling. I pulled my hand away and tightened my ponytail. Strawberry with popping candy? Yeah. Plato started tapping on the countertop. He reached over and I thought he was going to hug me and I got excited and my eyes got too wide. But he just reached for a toothpick and sat back in his seat and I kind of just stood there. You're embarrassing. Just make the damn milkshake. Has your dad left? He asked, biting on the toothpick. I threw the ingredients into the blender and hoped Ty was ready to relieve my shift. Yeah, he left last night. I didn't get to see him. Maybe next time he's down? Maybe. Yeah. I slid the drink over and he caught it in one hand. He took the toothpick out of his mouth and reached over the counter for a straw. Are you okay? I asked. Yeah, he said and let out a laugh. I feel great. He smiled into his milkshake. He didn't usually feel great. He usually felt okay. I glanced at my phone. Eight minutes. Something happened last night, Vi, and I want to tell you about it. He paused, put the toothpick between his lips and played with the straw. I knew it. I'm such a detective. We agreed you'd be cool. This is the opposite of cool. You'd be the first person I tell, actually. Can you hang out for a bit after your shift? My portfolio could wait. Of course. He's getting a car. He's ditched the girlfriend. He's going to cut out dairy. Tell me now. He shook his head. Were we going on holiday? You've racked up quite the milkshake tab here, you know. If you don't tell me right now, I'll charge you. I'd have to find the gym if it's a beach holiday and stop eating pizza. My heart broke. I'd have one last pizza tonight to say goodbye. Plato laughed and moved the toothpick from one side of his mouth to the other. It would be a double stuffed crust. Fine. Then you go change and we go out and celebrate. Okay. Six minutes. I glanced towards the back door. Ty still hadn't come out to take over. I needed to brush through my hair. Celebrate? What if it wasn't a holiday? Violet, I got engaged. It took a moment for the cliche to drop and for me to feel like I'm being kicked in the stomach. I lost him. Say something. Oh! You're wasted on her. My eyes burned. I didn't get it. We were best friends. Ty's hand landed on my shoulder and I flinched. I'm here. You can go. Violet? Plato's voice brought me back. I'd give you so much more than she could. My name sounded strange coming from him now. I didn't want him to say it anymore. I didn't want him to look at my eyes. I didn't want him near me. He no longer got to have any part of me. I heard him lean over the counter. Are you okay? I stepped back. I'm happy for you. I said to the buttons on his shirt and turned away. 
that's the end of Violet and Plato. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Next episode will not be a short story. Next episode is going to be my creative writing series. So it's going to be about inspiration. If you have any questions in regards to um, the inspiration topic, drop me a tweet at I underscore am baby doll or drop me an Instagram message again at I underscore am baby doll or leave a comment on this podcast. I'll see you next time. Bye.